Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. We're talking about giving your time to God. We're going to be talking about what it is to actually give your time, why God wants your time, and how you go about doing so. Is it as simple as just going to church, reading your Bible, and praying, or is there more to it? Is there something else that we can do? Instead of just being comfortable where we are, is there a next step that we can take? First of all, let's get a a perspective on what exactly are we giving. If you go on the subject of how God relates to space and time, it can be very tricky. But if you get on the subject of how we relate to space and time, it's actually pretty simple. Our first scripture is in James chapter 4, 14 through 16, and it goes, How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. What we ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're just boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Now, the first time you read that scripture, it can actually sound kind of depressing. <clears throat> but if you study it and you know exactly where it's coming from, it's actually been meant to be humbling. Our life, we think, we think so highly of ourselves. Everything we do, we want an award, we want people to see it. Social media is a, pr- a, a product of that. We want the world to know what we're doing. But what we don't realize it is our life is like the morning fog. You start to drive in it, all of a sudden you, you forget it was foggy and then it's gone. And we move on. So with that little information, you can think, okay, so my life doesn't matter. And some people get stuck in that rut. Some people stop right there and like, oh, if my life doesn't matter that much, why should I go further? It doesn't matter how the world will see your life. It matters what, how God sees your life and how he cherishes it. So you can make plans all day long, but if God says your time is up, then those plans aren't going to happen. God has given you the free will to do what you want and when, and the amount of time, I'm sorry, <clears throat> what you want and when you want to do it, but the amount of time that we have to use that free will is unknown to us. The first part of the scripture says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? We don't. We schedule the best we can. We've got apps and calendars, and we try to be as organized as possible, but the fact is, how many people have gotten a phone call that just wrecks your entire day? It could be something small as, child ask, call in and say, hey, I forgot my homework, forgot my textbook, I'm going to get a zero, come today. All of a sudden, your morning's wrecked. Or you get a more serious phone call, someone's in the hospital, there's been an accident, your whole week is wrecked. So we can try the best we can, but we do not have complete control over our time on a day-to-day basis. So the first point that I want to make is that our time on this earth is unknown to us. That's what makes it priceless. So we wonder, like, why does God want our time? Because God is outside of time. Time has no bounds on him, so why does he want our time? The fact that our time is priceless to us because we don't know how long we have. We just do the best we can. If your child gives you something, a toy out of the box, wraps it up for your birthday and gives it to you, you don't care about the Barbie doll or the block or anything, but that child cares about that gift. And because they care so much, it means something to you. So when we talk about giving time to God, it can become bittersweet because it's the most precious gift you can give. Not because it costs anything, but it's a portion of your life. 
And once you give it to someone or something, you can never get it back. Everything else in this world, you can pretty much make back. You can make your money, things lost, but you can't, you can spend your money, which is the thing this world holds most dear to us. But once it's spent, you can go back to work, you can sell stuff, you can try to earn that back. But once you've spent time on something, it's gone. You can't earn anymore. How many times have we seen a movie we didn't like and say, oh, there goes two hours of my life gone? <clears throat> we think about that plenty of times. Each one of us is given an amount of time. We have no idea how much, how long, uh, or how much of it we have. But depending on how we live our lives depends on the full potential. If we can admit every second of it, or if we live recklessly, we can actually not live our full uh, amount of time that God has given us. So not only can you not produce it, but it makes it more valuable because it's one of the only things that you cannot replicate. So it's priceless, it's the most valuable, and it's a portion of our life. So we answered the what and the why. The giving God a portion of our life, our most prized possession, our limited time, is something we can't produce and we know we'll never give it back. So God sees the sacrifice and he honors it. So now is the how. How do we give time to God? How much do we give? This is where a lot of people fall into it. I've had some people come and say to me, like, okay, do I need to quit my job and just go work for the church? Because I spent 20, 30 years doing what I want to, and now I have to live for God. What do I do now? So let's go back to the scriptures, and we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 10.31. So what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Anything you do. So if you're doing something that you cannot see God in it, or you, glory does not come from it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Now, that, mean, that doesn't mean every song you sing has to be a Christian song. It doesn't mean every movie you have to worry has to be a Christian movie. But if you're going across something that is helping somebody else, or with your family, or your time, then you know it is of God. If you have a hard time seeing it, that's a pretty strong indicator. So, what do we now? We've we discussed what we don't do, and now we have to do what do we do. Now, there's a, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, and I'm going to run through these scriptures pretty quick. Uh, there's a time for everything, a, se- a season for everything, everything under the, the heavens. So it goes on to say there's a time to weep, there's a time to be angry, there's a time to be sad, to be happy for your family, for the church. Everything has a time and season. You have to create a balance. But in 1 Corinthians 14.40, it says, but all things should be done in a decent, decently and in order. If you don't have things in balance and you don't do things correctly, it can crumble before you pretty quick. So most of us are, all of us have a certain amount of what we have to do, our schedule list and our priorities. So basically of the way me and my family try to do things, number one is God. He is your foundation. If you try to build anything else other than on top of God, it's going to crumble. So the first thing you have to take care of is your relationship with God. Right after that is your family. They count on you for food, shelter, uh, compassion, teaching them. You're everything, especially for young children. You're everything to them until they think they don't need you anymore. And then you're still something to them after that. So after you take care of God and your relationship, your family, we all have to work. We need money to take care of our family. That's a way of life. And the next thing I have on the list is the church. Before hobbies and before friends, the church family needs each other. We have to be able to help each other because when things get rough, sometimes there are friends that got you back and sometimes there aren't. The church will always be there. And that doesn't mean it's always going to be this church or the church down the street, but believers as a whole need your help. 
And if you have a hard time with your God, with uh, your relationship with God and family, even with work, as you build on, your cup overflows and you can help other people. But sometimes your cup gets empty and the church is one of the few things in this world that can help you refill you and uh, basically um, help you in a time of need there. So, and I have limited time, so I'm going to go straight down to here. When you help and when you serve God, do everything you can. Sitting in church is fantastic. You, 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 get, you learn about what you need to do. You get spoon-fed, and you start getting stronger. You got your whole family on the seat with you, and all of that is fantastic, and there's not much more of a beautiful sight than you having your whole family on the church pew with you, listening and learning from God. The only other better sight I can see is that you have every single member of your church serving, helping others, because you can take care of yourself, but God, Jesus didn't have the Great Commission, one of the last things he told us, for no reason. He needs us to go out and to teach other people and to help other people. And the longer amount of time that you spend basically being selfish or doing things that you want to do, which we all fall in whatever uh, grade it might be, you are taking away time from you helping or teaching somebody else or being an example for somebody else. In Romans chapter 13, verses 11, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is and time is running out. Wake up, for your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. When you first understand God and accept him into your heart, day one, let's go. You can't say, oh, that was great. I got saved 13 years ago. It was fantastic. I've been happy ever since. That's not what it's about. <clears throat> you have to be able to balance everything because if you divide everything up into your certain sections, but you don't spend time in each one or let God in every single part of your life, then it's going to crumble and fall. My closing statement here, I'm going to wrap up, is giving time to God is a way of life. Our time is the most valuable and most priceless thing we possess. Don't waste it on things that don't matter. Help each other, love each other, and if you add God to every section of that life, you're not just giving him some time to God, you end up giving everything to God. Come on, wasn't that an awesome word by Stephen Green? Come on, he leads our children's ministry so well. I mean, it's just awesome. I love stepping back and watching what him and Lord do every week because it's amazing. Isn't it amazing? It's watching how they impact those children for God. Who's thankful that we care about our younger generation here at Coven Live Center? Come on, great word, Stephen. Look, he's heading to the back to the kids now. I mean, this guy's on it. He's on it, man. He's a great leader of this church, and I'm thankful for him. That was a great word. I'm telling you, when you decide, you know what, God, I'm, I'm going to prioritize my time with you, and you start building. Instead of building God around your schedule, you start building your schedule around God. That's when you put God number one in your life, and you see him just line everything up for him. I'm telling you, you're never going to waste your time when you spend it with God or doing or spending it with God's people, and it's never a waste of time. Well, let's give him one last hand clap. I know he, he left, but let's give him one last hand clap. That was a good word. But as we get ready to welcome up our next speaker, I mean, she, when this person walks in, I mean, she lights up the room. I mean, we all know her. We all love her. She's a great uh, part of this uh, CLC staff. I like to refer her as our uh, Swiss Army Knife because this girl is multi-talented. I mean, she, she can do 
she can thank you, Miss Ronna. See, she can she already knows. She can she can like uh, anything you want her to do, just throw it up there and she can do it. I mean, if it's playing drums, if it's singing, if it's guitar, if it's piano, I'm telling you, she's multi-talented, and we are very thankful to have her on our team. And uh, whenever she, like I said, whenever she walks into the room, I mean, you can't help but just be happy because I'm telling you, she's gonna be happy and she's gonna be with, filled with joy and energy. So uh, why don't you put a hand clap together for Miss Alicia Coppage? Wow, that made me emotional. <laughs> I'm so words of affirmation. <laughs> awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you, Pastor Bobby, for the opportunity to to do this. This is an honor. Um, it's not something that you get asked to do every day, uh, speak. Uh, my comfort zone is definitely singing. <laughs> so um, we're just going to get started because we have minimal time. Uh, so we're going to start in Matthew 25, 14. So who's heard about the parable of the three servants where they got money and they had to do something with it? Yeah? Thanks, Ellie. Yeah. So we've heard it. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that today. So again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them and gave entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave them five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left on his trip. So I'm going to pause right there. If you notice, he says something. He said he entrusted, he entrusted his money. He trusted, like, it's worth like $1,000. That's a, each bag is worth $1,000, right? So he entrusted it to his servants, according to their responsibilities. So he didn't give someone a th- uh, five bags. He didn't give the guy that with one five bags because he was testing him. Do you see that? Can y'all see how he's doing that? All right, let's keep going. <laughs> the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money, and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work, and he earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. Now, the question that came into my mind was why did he hide? Like, why did he dig the hole and hide it? And the only thing that I can come up with are two things. One, he didn't believe in himself. And then two, he was afraid of failure. Now, who's been afraid of failure? Because I know how I have, <laughs> right? Okay. I, have, I, I even recently, just talking on the phone with Pastor Bobby, just hearing stuff that he's been telling me and how he's been helping me push out of my comfort zone to push past that failure, right? Things that I've been entrusted with. And so with this guy, uh, we don't know his name. Let's call him, let's call him Ben. So with Ben, the, the servant with one bag, he... He was afraid, and he hid. And how many times or whenever we're given something that's out of our comfort zone, do we want to hide? I want to hide. Whenever I found out about this, I wanted to hide. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to, but I knew it was something that I needed to do, and God, I just felt God drawing me to it. And how many times does God put you in a pl- position where it feels uncomfortable, and you're like, mm, I don't want to do it, but yet, you just feel that draw, and you're like, I can either step into that and forget the fear, or I can just keep being where it's safe, where I'm comfortable. The thing is, is that something that I love, what Pastor Bobby said, he said, it's better to fail at trying 
and, and learn something than to not try and learn nothing. Right? I know, snaps. <laughs> right? Okay, so I love, I love that because that's something that I've been walking out recently just going into, into this new season I'm going into. Uh, but I wanted to tell you a story of whenever I was about 19 years old. It was in 2012. And y'all might not know it now, but whenever I first began singing, it was more backup vocals, if that. And my comfort zone was drums and instruments. And if I was asked to sing on a microphone, I would be like, okay, I'll sing harmonies, but don't put me on a lead song because I will screw it up. And I was so afraid. I was crippled by this fear, so much so that I would throw up. Sorry if it's a little too much, but I would, I would get nauseous. And I would get shakes, and I, I feel like I was going to pass out. That's how much fear I had whenever I, was trying to, whenever I was asked to step into this new thing. And so in 2012, I was in Rio on a mission trip, and my friend Cody was leading. And every night we would have these sets of, like, two-hour worships. And he was, he was leading and singing. And on the last night, I had been singing backup the whole time, just accompanying him, just singing harmonies and like soft like this. I wasn't like power like I am now, but I was like singing soft. And I remember Cody comes up and he's like, Alicia, my voice is tired and I have sang so much. I need you. He didn't ask. He's like, I need you to sing a couple of these songs tonight. And here's the thing, guys. This night was like the big night, okay? It was like the biggest night that we had. It was like the whole church in Brazil, like the whole, this whole church that we stayed at in Brazil 500 people were coming to this thing. And I'm like, and without thinking, I just like, okay, yeah, sure. And then after a while, I just started shaking. <laughs> I'm so scared. And I remember as we're walking up onto the stage, I just had this fear. And I was wanting to, to like I did in the past, when I wanted to throw up. I wanted to do all these things. And um, I was just afraid. And I remember, I remember stepping onto the stage and taking my mic and I was singing the first song back up. And and then all of a sudden, it started, this first song started to end, and I knew my time was coming. And I was like, oh, gosh. And I just remember, I was like, you know what? I know better than this. I know that whenever I sing, God, you gave me this opportunity, so I might as well just own it. So whenever I got that moment, I just like, you know what? Okay, so I asked God, I was like, God, give me strength, give me peace. And as soon as I asked, guys, no joke, won't he do it? He gave me peace. <laughs> won't he do it? And I, I felt this overwhelming sense of peace and that something supernatural happened. As soon as I started to sing this song, it's like this power rose up in me that I never felt before. And it's what I, 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 what I feel like I sing like today. It's like whenever I decided in that moment that I'm going to step past that fear, I'm going to push past that fear, it's when God did something. And he's like, you know what, Alicia, I'm going to honor that. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put, put you in peace. And guys, he put me in peace. And here's the thing. Sometimes, yeah, amen. But sometimes, sometimes whenever we are given something that we don't want to do, we have this fear like, nope, nope, mm-mm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it in, in our minds. And we're like, no, I'm not going to do it because, well, I'm going to fail. I don't believe in myself. I'm not talented enough. I can't do this, can't do that. But guys, Jesus can do anything if we just have a willing heart, right? He can do anything if we just have a, willing, a willingness. Oh, man, my time's going out. Okay, let me gather myself. He can do it. 
he can really do it. And he did it. And he's still doing it to this day. And that fear, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a secret. That fear that I felt back, in the, back then, I started to feel that same fear. And I was just telling Slavic right before I came up here, I was like, oh, my gosh, this fear, this fear, this fear. And I was like, you know what? God, God reminded me of the story that I was just sharing. You know, he's like, Alicia, you're talking about that tonight. But God will put an anointing. God will put something on you if you're obedient and you walk by faith and not by fear. You know what I mean? Because what's the worst that can happen? I have 10 minutes, and I, I have 10 minutes to talk, okay? Like, that, that's it's not a long time versus, like, an hour. <laughs> Poor, high five for you, Pastor Bobby. That's awesome. <laughs> but the enemy, what he was doing to me before, whenever I was 18 or 19 years old, he was distracting me before. He was, the enemy distracts, right? He puts fear in the position where you're supposed to go. For me, that's how it was. And the area that I was supposed to go, and he kept putting fear into my calling. Like, he kept saying, like, trying to deter me from going in that direction. He's like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And I was listening to that fear. The direction that God's wanting to take you, you need to ignore the fear and step into it. And who cares if you fail, because then you'll learn something, right? Better to learn something than nothing. That's what he says. Yeah. I'm going to walk with this. So Isaiah 40, 29, it says that he gives strength to the weary and increases the power and increases the power of the weak. Don't allow fear to cripple you. Don't allow fear to anchor you whenever you're supposed to go into that area. It might be a new business. It might be to be an administrator. It might be to do music. It might be to be a speaker. Everyone's talent is different, and it's up to you to find your talent and to bring it before God and ask God, how can I perfect this? How can I correct this? How can I put you in, in this, God, and, and make this something that you're, you're proud of? God keeps his promises, but we are called to keep our potential. How do I keep my potential? right? How do you, you're like, oh, how do I do that? I'm a practical kind of person. I like practicality. I need steps. So these are two steps I have for you. Invest time into your talent and develop it. Don't just be like, I'm going to be a singer one day and then do nothing to go for it. <laughs> I went, whenever I, whenever I found out I wanted to be a singer, I, like Weston, my friend Weston, he helped me with instruments, with music. This guy right here with the long hair. And he helped me. My, my sister helped me. My, I had a vocal coach that would teach me. And I pursued correcting my talent. Right? Correct your talent. Invest time into your talent and develop. But not just that. Plug in. Something that Stephen touched base on whenever he was up here. Plug in. Find out what you can use. Find out how you can use your talent in the house of God. Because it's here that you'll be able to perfect your talent and do it with a humble heart because you'll have people around you so you won't get a hot head because that's really easy, especially I heard from musicians. Not me, though. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I was young. I had a hot head. Find out how you can use it and perfect it and serve in, and serve in the church. When you plug in your talent into serving God and keep a humble heart, God will multiply your gift. God will give you more. Because in the scriptures it said, like, I don't have it in here, but the guy that, that got $5,000, $5, 
The servant that got five bags of silver worth $5,000, he, he invested and he got more. And that's, that's prophetic, guys. It, if you do something with what you're given, God will give you more and more and more because he wants to increase what you have. God's not a, guy, uh, God's not a God that just holds something back. He wants to give more and entrust more. That's, that's just a relationship. If you're in a relationship with someone, like husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, friendships, when you have something that, with a friend, like with Haley and me, like, I, I trust her. And so whenever I see that, whenever first beginning of our friendship, I trusted her. And I started giving her more information about myself to where I was just like, here I am. This is who I am, Haley. And it's because I entrusted her because she didn't, she didn't let me down. You know what I mean? So you trust something. God wants to give more into your gift if you invest. So conclusion, the parable of Jesus, I know I'm out of time. The parable of Jesus was telling that, that it, the parable Jesus was telling, it said that the master entrusted his money to them while he was away. God entrusted something of value to each of us, teaching, singing, administration, etc. There are different people with different giftings that have to take time to develop. They don't just come overnight. You can't, you're not just born with a perfect, fully developed gift. Take care of your gift and your relationship with God and watch what he does. Thank you. Come on, wasn't that an awesome word by Miss Alicia? I'm telling you, that, that encouraged me, girl. That gave me confidence just to step in, step out of uh, my comfort zone, just trust God with it, right? All right, we just got to trust God. Come on, let's give her one more hand clap. Great job, Alicia. It's funny, she was telling me, like, how nervous she was. I just had to grab her. I said, Alicia, you're talented. You got this, and it's fun stepping outside your comfort zone for Jesus. That's fun. You know, it's fun to trust him in that. Uh, so great job, Alicia. Great word. That was awesome. Uh, so as we get ready to welcome up our final speaker for tonight, and let me talk about him for a little bit. Um, he is a great, great uh, person just to look up to. Um, he's, he's a great leader at, at this church. He's an, um, one of our elders. Uh, he gives us a lot of vision and a lot of leadership that we need. Um, if there's a couple things I can say about him, it's just, He's very disciplined, and what he, what he does, he's a very man of discipline, a man of honor, and it's somebody you can look up to. And um, so he's a, he's a great person just to um, glean off and just to ask questions about life. Uh, so why don't you put your hands together, give a hand clap for Mr. Frank Garcia. Come on. Thank you, Caleb. God is so good. See, I got my fans out there. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about my wife. I got to talk about my queen. I got home today, and she had some very nice stickers at the front door in the bathroom. She picked out my clothes, and she had another one. And... You know, she says, you got this. You know, we all got this. You know, uh, I'd like to start with a small prayer, please. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to come forth upon us. And we welcome the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And all his children said amen. You know, tonight's topic is about treasure. And I can't move forward without saying I have to introduce the treasures of my life. And of course, I mentioned my wife. She is a supporter. 
and a good pillar. When there's a good wife, there's a good man. Hallelujah. Thank you. Next, I need to introduce my mother and father, Francisco and Amelia, that are here tonight. Because they're the ones that put me here, right? We got to honor our parents. And next, my daughter, my princess, Amanda, and, and her, my son-in-law, Stephen, and my grandson, Pierce. And I want to thank the rest of the family for being here for supporting me. And a shout-out to those guys in Houston. They're streaming it. Thank you, guys. Okay. That was pretty awesome. Oh, Pastor, I haven't forgot about you and your family. Y'all are one of the awesome pastors in Victoria. Give it up for them. And the best church in Victoria. Thank you. Beloved brothers and sisters, there are 77 verses regarding treasure in our Bible. And tonight, we're just going to highlight a few. Starting with Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. We now have the light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing great treasure. We are pressed in every side of, by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven by despair. Hard times tend to either crush and delusion or challenge or stimulate us. It's hard for us to keep going when it's going gets tough. But it can be real encouragement to know that God is with us in the midst of trials with his face. And he's even with us with our weaknesses, and he turns it to his glory. In fact, Others see God's work in our lives that they may gain the courage to face and conquer their own sin and the areas of weakness. God's powerful help can see us through. When the trials are getting more difficult, you're getting closer to your treasure. Let me say that again. When your trials are getting more difficult, you're getting closer to your treasure. Can I hear amen? Matthew 6, 19, 21. Do not store up the treasures here on earth where the moths and rust destroy them and where the thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where the moths and rust cannot destroy and the thieves cannot break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Jesus made it clear, living through personal gain is only to lead us to anxiety. Materialism and anxiety are two enemies of spiritual growth. They often work together and lead us away from the balanced life. We need to realize the incense of life is not found in the possession of things. And the worry about the future is never helpful. Life is a way of stealing passion from people. Good passion, energizing passion. Many people are dead men walking. 
Even though the mouths are moving and their hearts are beating, they have lost the true pulse. The reason for the true existence of a miracle part of them lets them know that they're alive. God knows where you find your pulse. That place where you feel totally alive. Where your breathing is easy and every step is joyful. Expectancy and the same thing good is going to happen to us. God created it. God gave it to you and he will keep it beating. Always take your pulse. Make sure it's beating with God's unison. Then all your dreams will come true. All your dreams will come true. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. God's heartbeat is tangible. God's pulse is filled with miracles. Take care of your pulse daily. Check it with God's heartbeat and be in harmony. Then you will always be the right place at the right time. Seeing rightly, hearing rightly, and doing rightly. Blessing after blessing will be at your doorstep announcing God's arrival. By ourselves, we have little power to change the future. So we must trust God to take care of us. And God does promise to provide our needs. For he loves us, gives us his children good gifts. Therefore, those who learn and trust in God have no need to worry. Thank you. The people whom God chooses have responsibility, though, to live holy lives. This means two things. That believers are set apart from the world's ways of living. And the believers are set apart from God. And that is to set for his purposes. Job chapter 22, verse 22. Accept what he has to teach you and treasure his words in your heart. In review, you and I have been born again to fulfill the purpose and unwrap God's treasures so that we will be in the light of this world and ambassadors for his kingdom. Can I hear amen? ambassadors for his kingdom let's look to your neighbor and say you're God's treasure pastor that concludes my sermon I want to thank pastor Bobby and the staff and you church family for giving us the opportunity to give God's work to you thank you we love you have a blessed week mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.